baby. Yes, sir! Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network. We're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Enum, and I'm joined here in studio by my co-host and resident golf sicko, Mr. Jonathan Teal. JT, how are we doing on a Monday evening, bud? I am fired up and ready to go. Not only do we have a little bit of a siesta over the last week uh, from the pod, but uh, it is Ryder Cup week, my friend. We have been waiting a long, long time to get to this point. Uh, three years since the last Ryder Cup. Unbelievable that it has been that long. And so I am locked and loaded. I'm dying to preview the Ryder Cup, a deep dive on it. Um, it's, the, it's the week we've been w- waiting for. Excited to be here with you, my friend, and, and definitely excited about the week has in store. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to kind of getting back in the normal groove, right? So you mentioned the siesta that we had last week. Uh, you know, had, had one in the can, right? So we threw something out there for the listeners. You had the great uh, course review from our friends down in Florida at Winter Park. So you guys did a good job on that. And then, obviously, I've been in COVID protocol, right? So that kind of derailed our normal schedule as well. So really, I mean, the thing that hurt the most was missing a couple rounds of golf with you guys. So that's what uh, sucked the most from there. that. We so, missed you out there. Good. Back on the men, right? So 100% healthy. And, uh, and and back out there, ready to go. Uh, all all the, all the all the Twitter well wishes and uh, you know inquiries about my health. I certainly appreciate. I, I don't know that there were any JTL, so I'm just making a joke there. But uh, a, a lot of a lot An of outpouring of support. Yeah, yeah, a lot I mean, of, that's what I saw. Yeah, absolutely. So no, no, uh, we're we're back back on the mend. Uh, everything good to go with me and the misses. So, but you mentioned. Big week, right? So I guess the question I have to ask you, and we're going to get into, you know, paying the light bill. We'll do an ad read here in a moment as well. But, you know, is this the unofficial start of the new golf season or is it kind of the unofficial end of the season that we've, we've just witnessed? So where does this fall? Wow, that's a good in question. The, uh, you know, t- time is a flat circle, right? So, I mean, I, I just want to know where I stand right now. <laughs> well, with the PGA Tour, I'm not sure if the season ever really ends. I think that they... Uh, Something going on this weekend, right? They... So, yeah. um, Kind of hard to know when the last one ends and when the next one starts. We did have uh, the official start of the 2021-2022 wraparound season this weekend out in Napa. Uh, yet the Ryder Cup does seem to put a bow on um, kind of major championship level golf and p- certainly getting folks' attention. So, you know, it, I'm going to ride the fence as I know folks love it when I do and say it is both the beginning and the end. Oh, the alpha and the omega, man, getting deep here, getting this, meta. This is deep, very meta. deep. I, mean, I guess this is the unofficial start of season two for us, bud. So it is. You're number it two, is. right? It so is. Uh, I look back, fun. and um, I don't remember the exact, I think it was like uh, September 9th was maybe the that first pod right. that we ever after Labor posted. Day, I think, yeah. Um, so, yeah, one-year anniversary for the pod, close of a PGA Tour season, start of a new one, uh, a lot of symmetry going on, but ultimately... Uh, Ryder Cup biennial event, and we uh, we're at the precipice, my friend, at the precipice. Yeah, absolutely, all about the Ryder Cup. Now, where this are we going to celebrate yeah. the Ryder Cup? Is I think what everybody wants to know. Where can folks go to find that? Where can they go to find anything and everything related to watching sports and sports entertainment, in oh, Oklahoma City? I cannot wait to to be back up there, my friend. Of course, we are talking about Chalk Luxury Sports Bar, right? Everybody knows where Chalk is, 1324 West Memorial Road there in Chisholm Creek Plaza. You can follow Ben, Chad, and the entire Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. And my friend, we will be out there. Friday afternoon, September 24th, between 3 and 6 p.m. for our Mega Ryder Cup opening day events, my friend. So I'm really looking forward to that. And why don't you remind our listeners as to what all we have going on Friday yeah, afternoon. Yeah, a couple, couple slots left, depending right? Depending on when you listen to this, gotta, spots gotta get in early. may 100% be full. So for those who are uh, been procrastinating a bit, yet you're loyal pod listeners, and you're going to listen to this as soon as it's up, there is still time to get an official seat for the 2021 Ryder Cup watch party and contest. Here's what we're doing. We're going to take 12 folks, put them on Team Europe. We're going to take 12 folks, put them on Team USA, and they're going to have a rooting interest, my friend, because whichever team they're on, 
and that team has the higher point total at the end of day one, all 12 are going to win a prize package. If that's not enough, each of those 12 will have a team member assignment. That might be Tommy Fleetwood if you're on Team Europe. That might be Justin Thomas if you're on Team USA. The winning point total individually will walk away with an excellent prize. We're trying to do it upright, give you a reason to root, uh, other than uh, good old-fashioned patriotic interest, of course. And, uh, my friend, we do have some assignments already. I wanted to shout out yeah, some let's hear love it. Let's hear it. to the uh, all, all guys. The early birds. As far as I know. Early I'm, birds. I'm a big pronoun guy in 2021, so I think well, i get it right now to say these are all he's. <laughs> um, on Team USA, thus far, we have Brian Heathcock, Bart Watkins, our man, Matt Nolan, Nolo, as we like to call him, a Colin Dubois, which is interesting, a Frenchman yeah, on same. Team USA. But, you know, this is a random draw, so what are you going to do? The gods wanted him on Team USA. And then none other than our man, Scooter Gers, rounding out the six spots that we have assigned, uh, excuse me, drawn thus far on Team USA. The What many are saying will be the winning team, Team Euro, Reagan Schmitty Smith, our man Dragon Alcorn, is in the proceedings. Great name. Uh, a great friend of the pod uh, from the Gunga Tour, uh, none other than Danny Stockton, has joined Team Euro. Uh, my man Alan Cook, Cookie, going to be out, has claimed a seat on Team Euro. And then none other than, who is more European than Tyler Beaver? Oh. So I sophisticated. Mean, very so sophisticated. Pinky uh, um, out kind of guy. Uh, smokes a lot, which uh, definitely fits with the Euro vibe. So there you have it. Thus far, we got six and six. Uh, a few more spots to fill. We will fill some spots as is on Friday afternoon for, for walk-ins. Uh, Going to be a great time. Uh, and, um, you know, we have to obviously figure out who we're rooting for. But just, again, a few of the prizes that folks are going to be looking to win. Chalk gift cards. You're still out of peril. Golf rounds, Lincoln Park, the Greens, and Twin Hills Country right, Club. That's right, my home And club. then either the most dubious prize or the most sought after, I'm not sure, a guest appearance on none other than the You're Still Out podcast. Yeah. Folks, it's going to be a great day. Even if you're a little bit sketchy on, ah, I don't know if I want to be there the whole time, come out. It's going to be great. It's going to be festive. We get the whole west side of Chalk, special Ryder Cup seating. Um, man, I'm, I'm stoked to get there and stoked to celebrate what is, to my mind, the best event in golf. Always the favorite. That is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Yeah, Friday afternoon cannot get here fast enough, my friend. So now before we get into all things Ryder Cup, I think that we should probably do a little bit of a recap of, of other golf stuff that went on over the last, what, really 10 days, I guess we think about, since the last time we were here in studio and recorded a podcast. We, we had, as you mentioned, the unofficial or maybe the official start of the PGA calendar rolling back over this official. weekend as well. Okay, we can call it that. So Napa, lovely, Northern California, and a California boy ends up winning it. Napa JT. Valley. So something about California for Max Homa, my friend. So he goes out and shoots Two sixty fives on the weekend. Sixty five to, to steal this thing from another California boy, Mav McNeely. You're you're a your man crush, right? So you love, love you some Mav McNeely. Love some Mav McNeely. Uh, also love some Max Homa. He comes roaring back at the Fortinet Championship. That's the best way I know how to pronounce it. That's what they were saying over the weekend. Perhaps right? so if it's Fortinet, French, maybe yeah. it's Fortinet. I, I did not watch a single second of the coverage the wife and i again we've been in covid quarantine I for two weeks i we went to the lake i was out i didn't even i, I watched OU nebraska college football saturday yeah. morning and i was out after that well i, I watched either. none of it until the stretch run when max gets a cont contention blows by mcneely and uh, got my attention real fast but he gets it done uh, 65 65 on the weekend gets to the house at 19 under uh mav mcneely in the last group uh, makes a double bogey on his 71st hole, thinking that his chances are over. Turns around and eagles the 72nd hole. Say answer a double bogey. Swing of yeah. emotions uh, to finish runner-up. Uh, so Max, with his third PGA Tour victory, going along with his Wells Fargo championship from a couple years ago, and then uh, obviously folks will remember his win at Riviera in the 2020-2021 season back in February. Uh, certainly becoming more than a household name, a popular champion, no doubt, a killer, and I'm talking killer 
mustache that he was Great rocking stash. this week. And now it's not Wade Ormsby level, but it's pretty good. Really, really good. He, he's 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 challenging. He's he's lying it takes in wait to challenge to, to wear a stash uh, like that, Mr. Ormsby. Um, well, hey, I want to get your thoughts on Max Homa because and right, first in the FedEx Cup. It's true. You win the yeah, first you win event. The first event, you, you are rocket in first to place, number one. So I can't take it away from. Him. <laughs> can't take it away from. Him. But I want to get your thoughts on Max Homa. Right, he he's been he's kind of a media darling. I think is a fair way to put it. Right, so a great interview. Hosted his own podcast up until here recently, and kind of put the podcast away, Jay Till, to focus more on his game. He goes out and wins a tournament shortly thereafter. I mean, you know, people are going to start asking you and I the same question: Are we wasting our time here in the studio? Should we be should we be out on the course even more than what we are now to improve the game, my friend? So it's a, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. That's a tough question, but it worked for Max. Yeah, it worked for Max. I think that uh, probably more of a correlation than a causation, since he very fairly recently decided to to stop doing his podcast with uh, with his guy Shane Bacon. Um, but I think just a bona fide uh, star. In my opinion, I think he's got the Q he's rating. Got, he's got the swag. Yeah, he's got yeah, yeah. a little bit of swag. He's certainly got a social media presence that most um, athletes in this day and age would uh, absolutely die for. So, I think that Max uh, is doing all the right things. He has said multiple times on his podcast and others that I've caught interviews with him that uh, his goal is to to be number one in the world. And that's a that's a lofty, lofty goal. But certainly, his ball striking, uh, in particular, would say that uh, he's got the got the goods to do it uh, if he can tidy up things like he did this weekend and uh, absolutely put on a birdie barrage. Uh, so kudos to Max again. Yep, we absolutely. we uh, we really like the guy. Now, uh, you, a lot of personality. You said a lot of Q rating there. He's got a high Q rating, and, and our guy Q. Right, mm, so talking about another guy with yeah. some Q rating, Quade Cummins makes the cut. Jay Tills makes so, the cut. Yeah, that, that's kind of fun, right? A couple of local stories, right? You had Peter Uline made the cut. We had Taylor Gooch was Taylor up there Gooch, in what, the top, top five, five, I think. So he had a T five finish, uh, pocketed what I think three hundred fifty grand, give or take something like that. So kudos uh, to Oklahoma's own Taylor Gooch there, but uh, a good showing in. You know, not a, not the strongest field. I think is probably the fair way to put it, right? So some of the uh, the big horses are getting geared up for the Ryder Cup uh, coming up this weekend, and understandably so. But there were still some big names in this. Field. Well, no, so I think you local mentioned guys had a good show. You mentioned Gooch. Uh, you mentioned Quaid uh, making a cut, uh, his second made cut in a PGA Tour event, harkening back to last December at the uh, Mayakoba. Uh, Mark Leishman, a guy we like a lot, uh, right there in the top five. Matsuyama was up there. Mav uh, with a with a runner up. You know, a name that our listeners have heard on this pod, none other than our man Mito Pereira. Uh, again, if you'll remember, Battlefield promotion through the Corn Ferry a year ago, winning three events on that tour, comes out and has uh, made a cut in each of his first four events uh, between the last couple events of the last season and then uh, starting off hot with a, uh, I want to say a third, um, third place finish. That's right, yeah, 16 week. under, and uh, your boy Willie Z. PGA Willie Tour Z Rookie of the Year, despite the fact that he well. so, was not on officially yeah, on the PGA for, uh, Tour, right? How's such that work? A, um, yeah, his first event on the PGA Tour, which is kind of interesting as a full member. So for for certainly an event that everybody was taking a breather on, uh, coming off Tour Championship, um, focusing on college football, and then certainly looking forward to the Ryder Cup, uh, the Fortinet uh, delivered. Well, a, speaking uh, worthy champ and a, and a nice right. little leaderboard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, congrats to Max Homan. Congrats to the local guys that uh, made a good finish and put a little jingle in their pocket out there in lovely, lovely Napa Valley uh, in California as well. So, but you mentioned college, right? So college football at least. But let's let's come back to college. There there was a lot of events, some big events, really going on for the local college golf programs as well. Do you want to start with the ladies first? Well, there's been, there's, excuse me, there's been so much it's uh, been, action. It's I think we almost with. have yeah. to focus on just the events that our local schools have won or else we'd be here all night. But absolutely, we should start with the ladies. Down at the Sam Golden Invitational, uh, you heard Coach V a couple of weeks ago in her interview talk about that the uh, lady Sooners were going to go down to North Texas and start their season uh, at the Sam Golden, Oklahoma State also in the field, and they go down there and absolutely boat race everybody. 36 under par over three rounds, including a minus 17 yeah, last day. under <laughs> final day to uh, win uh, by 13 strokes over Texas Tech. 
Uh, OU, a respectable fifth, um, finishing at 17 under par for the tournament. Again, OSU was 17 under par on the final day. Uh, but the Lady Cowgirls, man, they um, pick up right where they left off back in the spring uh, with some tremendous play from Coach Robertson's squad, obviously led uh, by Isabella Fiaro, uh, a transfer, uh, Caitlin McGinty. Uh, really just yeah, an Kaylee amazing McGinty, yeah, McGinty yeah. start. Uh, Tadamatsu as well. Just, so, uh, just an absolutely stacked roster. Yeah. Uh, you kind of think that perhaps with the uh, departure of Maya Stark that they might have a little bit of a rebuild, but no, they just keep on with the uh, the pedal to the metal and yeah. take down a trophy. And consensus top three, I think, in the rankings on the women's side as well, depending upon which poll you kind of look at, right? So they've been anywhere uh, up there in the top three uh, across most of the polls that matter. So, yeah, pretty – Pretty salty uh, from the Lady Cowgirls as well. But, uh, you know, mentioned some of those high finishers there. Kaylee McGinty, the uh, the transfer in that played in the uh, the Curtis Cup uh, on the on yep. Team, team right. Europe, yep. right? So, yeah, um, that uh, that played so well there. Uh, Isabella Fierro, a T5 as well, 10 under par. And so, uh, Michaela Fortuna uh, paced the, uh, the Lady Sooners. So, senior, uh, one of the gals that uh, Coach V talked about a couple weeks ago on the preseason pod. She played well down there as well. But, yeah, Oklahoma State. Well, OSU, top, top I mean, uh, all, all five really of their uh, all five of their golfers finished in the top 20. Uh, kind of the, their, their their worst score was a minus four by Madison Henson Tolkard, uh, again, T20. And so that shows you what the kind of a week it was for the Cowgirls. Um, not to be outdone, we I think we mentioned in a previous pod, the OSU men went out to Carmel, won their first event of the year, OU finishing in second. Yep, one stroke behind. Uh, right we go up to uh, the Fighting Illini Invitational. OSU play, played well, but uh, didn't quite get it done. Obviously, we've heard a lot about our man Austin Stoner from the University of North Carolina. He played really well and led UNC to a first-place finish up in uh, Olympia Fields, which it looks like it was playing tough. Yeah, tough per, conditions. Per the there. usual yep, yep. up at Olympia Fields. No team under par there, and only one team, Stanford, shot under par on the final day. And so one, and that was one under as a team. So, yeah, really tough conditions up there in Chicago. Yeah, pretty pretty, uh, pretty tough stuff. Um, so OSU falls a little bit short of uh, capturing their second win of the season. Again, starting off this year with the win. Uh, but I think, you know, we want to give a lot of runway to uh, the OU Sooners. They, um, on a very tough golf course, very tough conditions, go down to the Merido Collegiate and pass our um, rivals to the south, the University of Texas Longhorns. On the final day, OU gets it done with a victory in the Merido Collegiate Invitational. Uh, minus three for the week, again, shows you how tough that course was playing. Wind kicked up a bit uh, on the second day, and then I think stayed up for the better part of that final yeah, round. Very windy down there, yep. And uh, they absolutely closed with reckless abandon, finishing uh, minus seven on that final day. Uh, you know, the transfer, man, he's already paying huge yep. Chris Goddard, dividends. Chris right? yep, from Rutgers. Got a chance to talk with Chris on Friday down at Jimmy Austin, Uh just kind of saying congrats on on the way to close. And he, he uh, you could tell, kind of the chest was puffed out, pretty happy with the decision he's made in transferring to OU and already playing a pivotal role uh, on the Sooners squad. And so now we are back to where it's kind of things belong. OU, OSU ranked one and two in the country. Feels College good, doesn't it? Feels right. Feels, feels, it feels, feels right. like that's where things are supposed to be. Uh, and then OU, uh, again, bringing home that trophy. Uh, and uh, nice timing. Got to come right back to their their huge fundraiser, the Chip In Club, and uh, celebrate that victory with all the program supporters on on Friday evening. Abe Answer was in the house, which was which was pretty cool. And so, yeah, great stuff from OU. And excited for uh, just uh, I think three weeks from now, OU, OSU, and Texas, all three in the field down at Colonial. For the Nike it's Invitational, going cool. yeah. to be a big one. Excited to uh, to cover that. Uh, so yeah, man, we could we could turn this podcast into nothing but college golf and have more than enough to talk about. Um, but excited for the guys and gals on uh, on both sides 
of the the Bedlam rivalry. Yep, absolutely. So now we, we know that this week is all about Ryder Cup, right? And so we've spent the first 20 minutes of this pod talking about all the other things that have been going on, right? So your girl, uh, JYK, as well, right? Jen Young Co. wins out Jen on Young the Co. LPGA. So give her a shout out as well. So don't want to forget about the ladies uh, on the LPGA side Rained as well. shortened. But, yeah, it's up Oregon, Can't right? So classic, yeah, I think yeah. is where it was at. So, but uh, shout out to JYK and getting uh, uh, another win for her. But let's get down to it, my friend. Let's talk Ryder Cup, right? It's time. We want to spend the last, you know, 40 to 45 minutes talking about Ryder Cup, our picks, our previews, breaking down the formats, the schedules, what it all means, Jay Till. And, and it really is one of the, uh, you know, I, I think is this is Roy McElroy's words, but one of the best spectacles in golf. And it is. It's something different. It's different than a normal tournament, right? And obviously you have the team mentality and the the patriotism, the nationalism, if you will, that goes along with that, USA versus Europe. But but it really is something completely different. I mean, the crowd juice at these things is off the charts, right? Yeah, it's off the charts. I think in a sport that is, um, you know, still, uh, even in this day and age, by and large, very uh, congenial and very uh, respectful uh, in terms of spectator uh, player interactions, uh, which is unlike any other sport where uh, everybody takes sides and kind of roots for or against different squads, not so much the way in golf. And the Ryder Cup absolutely throws all that out the window, uh, knowing that <clears throat> you are playing in a team event in a very individual sport. Uh, the fans and the fan interactions ramp up tremendously. I was able to watch a couple excellent videos that our folks at No Laying Up put out and really captured the sense of that that first tee at the Ryder Cup and how nerve-wracking that is, uh, even for these guys that have played so much golf and you think that nerves just surely can't play a part of somebody who has hit that many golf shots in pressure situations. The Ryder Cup takes it to a new level. And, um, you know, it's interesting. Individual sport team event that's new for these guys in terms of they don't do it very often and so that has certainly showed on the european side and how successful they've been because they seem to really embrace the team concept uh, more than the americans but no doubt it is the event and the one that uh, you know i think everybody enjoys because of that being able to kind of root against somebody fairly overtly, and you don't have to feel bad about rooting against a golfer. I mean, it's it's crazy. I saw some clips on social media today as well, both Twitter and Instagram, you know, clips of, of previous events to where, you know, it's really about the crowd kind of getting jazzed up and sure. ready to go. And, it, and it's like an, a soccer match atmosphere, right? right. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big footy fan, right? So, um, and you, you get the Ole chance, you get the I believe that we will win, which is kind of a U.S., you know, soccer, you know, chant that goes along with it. And uh, it really is a unique atmosphere. And we're going to try to recreate some of that atmosphere, uh, you know, as much as we possibly can at Chalk on Friday afternoon. So there'll probably be some libations flowing, if I had to guess. And so we'll get the uh, the crowd Much uh, like there is on the first day of the Ryder Yeah, game. absolutely. Fired up and ready to go for that. But, you know, we, we've danced around it, I would say, over the last month or so, JT, here, about, you know, the side. We're, we're leaning, right? So maybe leaning oh, one right. way from a pick <laughs> standpoint, you know, maybe leaning another way with our heart. And so I, I think I've been pretty open in in adamant that I'm I'm a team Europe guy, right? So I think I'm backing you're, the Euros you're a footy here. Man. They're they're the they're the underdog, right? So we'll get into some yeah, odds I'm looking here at a little the bit. Manchester yeah. United flag on the wall. Uh, they've right won here nine you. nine of the last twelve, I think. So uh, give her, I, I think that's right. So I, I know they've they've won a lot here over the last what twenty five years or so, whatever sure. it is. So sure. uh, I just think that they they've got the formula, whatever that is. And again, I don't know that I can put my finger on it, but I think it's I think it's Team Euro for me. I think that's who I'm going to be putting some shekels on come Friday afternoon, well Friday morning probably before it starts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I, for those who have listened to the podcast the last uh, month or so, we've talked uh, Ryder Cup preview a little bit. Tried to kind of um, you know sprinkle a little bit here and there to get folks excited about it. And I've talked a lot about the same things that you're talking about. Uh, year in, I guess not year in, year out, um, every other year in and year out, get really fired up. I kind of look at the Americans and think, man, this is the more talented squad. Uh, there's no way that uh, certainly on home soil uh, that they these guys can be beat. And then year in, year out, I see that the European side 
um, just has a certain, um, you know, je ne sais quoi. I don't know what. To certain, borrow I don't something know what. from yeah. the French, which I believe is in Europe. Yes, I just confirmed. Um, yet I just can't do it, man. I got to ride. I got to ride with the Americans. I'm, I'm too much of Picking a... with I'm your heart. Too much of a homer. Um, I'm going to go full on with Team USA and uh, that will shape up quite nicely for, for Friday afternoon. I'll kind of let you rile up the European squad. I'll ride with the U.S. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're a long, not a long way, but we're, uh, we'll talk predictions and whatnot a little bit later. But, you know, I think that when you look at the team on paper, yeah, there's something about, um, there's something about team. I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm all, I was almost there. But just like my boy Barry Switzer, has always said, it's really not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmys and Joes. Jimmys and Joes. And we got the best set of 12 Jimmys and Joes that you could possibly assemble on a golf course. And so uh, feeling feeling pretty good about it. But there it is. I'm, I'm officially Team USA per the usual and uh, ready, ready to ride hard for those guys. Well, why don't, um, why don't we do the rundown of the Jimmys and Joes, right? Yeah, I'm going to let this. you tell you what. I'm going to let you go through your squad uh, run through Team Europe, uh, that roster, so that folks can be reminded of who is uh, sporting the, the blue and gold stars. Yeah, I think you have to start uh, at the top, right? So with uh, John Rahm. So he, he's going to be the you know probably the best player from a ranking standpoint uh, on this team uh, Europe right now and, and arguably was the best player of the year this past year now. I mean, the PGA didn't agree with that and gave it to uh, Patrick Cantlay, but uh, you know, we'll uh, maybe that's an argument for another time. Uh, but I think Rom got or uh, got robbed on that deal. But uh, going down the list: Roy McIlroy, Vic Hovland, Tommy Fleetwood, Sergio Garcia, the old crafty veteran there, Shane Lowry, who who ended up having to make it through a captain's pick. I think when it was all said and done, right. think about him being the Open Championship winner from a couple years ago. Englishman Paul Casey and Ian Poulter, along with Lord Tyrrell Hatton, Matty Fitzpatrick. Lee Westwood, and then Bernd Wiesberger, rounding Bernd out the, uh, the top 12. Yeah. yeah, got his spot. And he earned some, it. Uh, yeah. Some solid play there at the BMW Championship, the last event on the Euro side that established automatic qualifiers. That's what actually bumped Shane Lowry down to have to take a That's captain's right. pick on him. Yep. Probably bumped out Justin Rose, who we're used to seeing on this squad. Uh, Bernd gets the automatic bid, therefore... There's only three picks, and those went to Sergio, Shane Lowry, and Ian Poulter. And, and just three newcomers on this squad, right? So a lot of returning lot experience of for returning the Euros, right? Experience. Nine guys that have been there in the past. Unlike uh, Team USA. Right, in fact, I stole a few stats that I'm going to sprinkle here from our man uh, Justin Ray, at Justin Ray Golf. But let me, uh, let me run through the squad uh, when it comes to... United States team. Uh, I like to do things alphabetically as not to show any favoritism. Um, Daniel Berger, DB Straight Vibin, captain's pick. Patrick Cantlay, player of the year, uh, got in on points by virtue of his run through the PGA Tour playoffs. Bryson DeChambeau, Harris English, another captain's pick. Tony Finau ended up being a captain's pick, got just nudged out of automatic point qualifying. Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka, the former bros. Colin Marakawa, Xander Schauffele, Scotty Scheffler, another captain's pick. Jordan Spieth, a captain's pick. And remember, folks, six captain's picks on the U.S. side, only yeah. three on the Euro side. Uh, his very good friend, Justin Thomas, uh, rounds out the 12 man squad, captained by Steve Stricker. Yeah, now, this was Padraig Harrington, obviously the captain for Team Euro, right? I, Patty, I failed, to, failed to mention Patty that. Patty on the Euro yeah. side. Former major now, champion winner. While every, literally every one of those 12 names is very recognizable to every golf fan, interesting that those 12 guys have a total of 12 combined appearances in the Ryder Cup. That's the lowest of any team since 1979 on either side. Not a lot of Ryder Cup experience. Very interesting there. A lot of first-timers. Um, 
In fact, I would have to, I could probably do it by just looking at the roster. Uh, but I know that Scheffler's a first timer, Morikawa's a first timer, Harris English is a first timer, Daniel Berger's a first timer. A lot of first time guys on the U.S. squad. And what I am betting on is that the lack of scar tissue, the excitement of being there, will, in addition to the immense talent advantage that these guys have, uh, will we'll win the day. But it's kind of interesting there. Don't you think that the, the vast amount of experience on Team Euro, the relative inexperience, uh, which good on Steve Stricker. He could have easily gone yeah, with the Patrick yeah. Reed, the, the old the guard, the safe picks. Those yeah, kind of guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Scotty Scheffler pick, the DB pick, love it. Harris English, I think that Steve uh, is on to something here. Uh, so there are your rosters for um, the playing of the 2020, technically, Ryder Cup. Yeah, and if you're in Stricker's position, maybe it's one of those deals like, hey, look, what we've been doing hasn't been working, obviously, over the last, what, 10, 12 events for the last 20 years. So let's change it up. Let's get wild. Let's get weird with it, man. Let's get weird with it. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, we've talked about the players. We've talked about the captains. Let's talk about the course, my friend. So let's let's head up north, as they say, to to lovely Wisconsin, my friend. Lovely, lovely, Kohler, Wisconsin, just outside of Sheboygan, which is just outside of Milwaukee, which is just outside of the known world, way up in northern Wisconsin. Um, Awesome, awesome, 36-hole complex, really. There is the the straights course, which is where the Ryder Cup will be uh, contested, but then also... I believe it's the river course um, that uh, is the other side of Whistling Straits. Um, excuse me, the Irish course. It's hosted major championships. It's got good pedigree. Some will call it a Lynx course. Lynx courses typically are more naturally found. This thing was totally sculpted uh, out of the side of, uh, of the Lake Michigan cliffside uh, by none other than Peter Dye, as we like to call him. <laughs> gets me every time uh first Ryder cup that it's hosted and boy does it look to be a test now yeah, we think of that course being a pga championship right PGA so championship. that's what it's hosted more often than not right so yeah you got uh 2004 2010 2015 i think are its three pga championships uh won by it's kind of interesting you know vj Singh, martin keimer and jason day three fairly different players yeah, in terms very. of how they would kind of get it done um, so not sure that that necessarily favors anybody. All and, of them international and, players, and too. And I do think that, um, well, they're international players. It's very interesting. I do think that one thing that's a huge, huge, huge advantage, and, and I doubt many folks know this, um, certainly more casual observers of the Ryder Cup and golf in general, unlike uh, PGA Tour events, U.S. Open, PGA Championship, the Masters, the Governing body is not in charge of the setup of the golf course. It is the host team is in charge of setting it up. Now, obviously, very interesting superintendents, uh, the PGA of America, who puts on the event year in, year out, like literally do the work. But in terms of here's what we want the pins, here's how we want the rough cut, uh, that is up to the team who is hosting the event. So back in 2018, for example, at the um, uh, Le Golf National over in Paris, outside of Paris. The, that's, in, that's in Europe. Yes, still in Europe. Uh, again, confirming. Thank you very much, spotter. Um, they set it up very tight fairways, uh, very difficult pin positions, because by and large, the American squad is known for hitting it a long way, but hitting it a bit wayward. So if we have high rough, we have narrow fairways, tough pins that's going to favor accuracy unlike that this year we will have fairly generous fairways uh not as difficult rough fairly easy pin positions so that talent and making birdies and bunches should favor the americans uh in this contest but whistling straights i know our man uh nolo actually got a chance to go up there i believe last september over labor day just cannot speak uh, more highly of a golf course. You know it's a championship test if it's got that no-low endorsement. And so uh, excited to see how Whistling Straight shows out because, again, we haven't seen it since 2015, six years ago uh, with the, um, you know, kind of the, um, uh, I believe, Jason Day victory right. when he yep. kind of ascended in every one of the world. So 
I'm excited to see it. I think it'll show well on TV. Uh, all the advancements in golf coverage that have happened over the last six years should really make Whistling Straits pop as a venue. Yep, I agree. And speaking of TV coverage, let, let's go through the schedule of events, my friend. So we're going to kick things off Friday morning, right? So it, it gets started relatively early it Friday morning as well. Early. So that, that kind of caught me by surprise. I didn't think it was that early. Well, you know, you think about a 36-hole day of golf, right? Because you do have morning matches and afternoon matches. You got to start early. Uh, you got to finish a little bit late. And uh, I think that a really cool thing that a couple of these videos have highlighted is that since you have those early starts, these stands fill up before dawn, right? And the, the sun is coming up. You always have a little bit of dew on the ground, maybe a little fog at some of these courses, and everybody's fired up, and then the sun finally breaks over the clouds, and you kind of get this building and building of anticipation until those first matches go off. Now, again, for the uninitiated, Ryder Cup format would be what's called foursomes in the morning, also known as alternate shot, four ball in the afternoon, also known as better score, right? So we have alt shot in the morning, four matches, four ball in the afternoon, four matches, turn around on Saturday, the second day, do the same thing again, again, four, 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 four on the first two days. And then we go to Sunday where we have straight up match play, singles, mano a mano, 12 versus 12. Uh, to make a total of 28 possible points available. In this case, if the Euros can scratch out 14 points and have this thing, they will retain that cup. If the Americans or the Europeans can get 14 and a half or more, they will win the Ryder Cup and be in possession of that. Yeah, very the European. Next two years. There could be a tie, right? There could be a draw in this thing, technically. There so, could yeah. be a draw. It can't be a nil-nil draw, at least. Right. Now, I think you mentioned 28 points, and so 14-14 could, could eventually be the tie. 14 and a half, you win. Yeah. Uh, so, there's the format. Again, we start 7 a.m. on Friday morning. We'll conclude uh, right around 6 o'clock on Friday afternoon. Again, at Chalk Sports, come out and watch. It'll be a lot of fun. Let's talk a little bit about, let's say, potential pairings. I like pairings it. we would maybe like to see. Uh, maybe let's pick a couple on the Euro side and a couple on the American side. Well, I mean, if we've split this up, you're going Team USA, I'm going Team Euro, right? I guess it would only be fair for you to pick your, your outing, if you will, your, your first, what, eight guys, if we want to call it that, going out. Yeah, and I, you know, I Friday think morning. that. Yeah, I think that in, uh, it's it's tough to know who who's going to go out first. It I is, think yeah. when you think about four uh, foursomes, you're really looking at: do you pair an alternate shot players that are alike, or do you pair players that are different? Or do you pair somebody who Get a ham and egg it right bombs it off the tee with somebody who's an accurate, really accurate with the irons? Really tough to know. I can tell you some folks I would like to see paired together. Would absolutely love to see Brooks Kepka take my man Scotty Scheffler under his wing. I thought you were going to say Bryson. Um, no, I actually would. Well, I'll get to Bryson. Brooks and Scotty, I think that'd be a wonderful pairing. Scotty is definitely a guy who has uh, just a great demeanor. He has all the shots. He's going to be excited to be there as a first-time Ryder Cupper. Brooks seemingly doesn't care about anything. I think those two would pair really well together. And, uh, you know, Brooks loves some kind of role. He likes to be looked at um, at a higher level. And I think if you kind of played the, hey, we're going to have you mentor uh, Scotty, I think that could really work out. Uh, I think everybody knows that Spieth and Jordan, uh, Spieth and Justin Thomas are going to pair together. They've got a great team record. Yep. They've yep. got to go out together in foursomes. And then, you know, I really think Colin Morikawa is going to have an amazing Ryder Cup. I think that you can't fake ball striking, right? You can have a hot putting round. You can kind of be a magician for a round, getting it up and down from everywhere. You can't fake hitting the ball where you want to hit the ball. Morikawa doesn't do it um, better. He, he does it better than anybody out on tour. I would love to see him and Tony Finau go out together. Okay. I think that that would be a great, foursomes match so there's there's three that i really hope we get to see again kepka and scotty scheffler i know we're going to see uh jordo and justin out there together 
And then I think Tony and Colin Morikawa would be a pairing that I would just love to see them feed off of each other, both of their strengths working together. Uh, I think could be an unbeatable pairing. Okay, I like that. I like those pairings. And so let me see if I can combat that, kind of throw out a few pairings of my own here for Team Euro. Uh, and, and again, I think you have to start at the top, right? So let's go with the, the big Spaniard, John Rahm, right? So again, arguably the best player in the world right now, I would say. Um, I think it, we can drop the arguably. Yeah, I know, but a lot of people... I don't know who's arguing he, about he didn't, it. He didn't get a PGA Tour Player of the Year, so I'm just saying. So there's an argument to be made for... For, for other people, I guess. So, but let's go, let's go, big Spaniard, John Rom. Let's start with him. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think I would like to see him paired with, with the other Spaniard, to be honest with you. I, I think I it's think Sergio Garcia. That, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think the, the, the two countrymen, you know, Garcia, obviously a, a wily veteran at this now. I think he's playing in his ninth Ryder Cup, if I'm not mistaken. I saw that. So crazy to think yep. that he still, he still looks relatively young. It kind of makes me feel old to think that, Jesus, he's been playing this for 20 years now. I think kind he's of, only like 41. I know. I know. Well, I mean, that's, I'm knocking on the door here. So, But I think you'll get the two Spaniards paired together. So, uh, And from a countryman standpoint as well, there's going to be a theme here. And so I'm going to go Ian Poulter, and I'm going to go Tommy Ladd, Tommy Fleetwood. I think that that could be a very momentum. It, it could backfire, right, because I think both those guys can be pretty passionate uh, you think about, you know, T-Roll Hatton being the passion of an Englishman because he's out there dropping F-bombs and breaking clubs over his knee. I think Fleetwood's got a little bit of swag to him as well. So I, I think he's got – I think this is going to be a big event for him because he hasn't had the best year, I would say, from a playing yeah, standpoint. So so I think he's going to be fired up and ready to go. Again, Poulter, another crafty veteran, a guy who really gets up for this event, has said it all along that he wants to be a part of this event. So I, I think that you get the passion of those two guys together – and uh, I think it's going to work out well. And then give me OSU, OSU zone, Vic Hovland. So got to throw him in there into the mix. And I'm going to pair him with Rory. So I'm going to have Vic and Rory together oh, out man, there. I would love to, to see that pairing. To combat your talk Jordan ab- Spieth and Justin talk Thomas Talk about pairing. how that hard it would fun. be to be root fun. against the pairing of McElroy and Hovland. Uh, as much grief, deservedly so, as I give Rory for his majors record over the last seven years. Love the guy. Love what he's about from a personality standpoint. And certainly in the Ryder Cup, he's awesome. Hovland and McElroy would be an awesome, awesome pairing. You know, interesting, I, I read a couple things from uh, Captain Harrington on the European side, and he said that uh, as he was kind of making his phone calls or swapping text messages or whatnot since the team has been set uh, about a week, 10 days ago, and kind of, you know, feeling out who, who, are, who are two or three guys that you, you might like to play with. I'm, I'm kind of toying with pairings. He said literally everyone replied back that they wanted to play with Vic Hovland. There you that go. doesn't like tell it. you I like it. Uh, what Vic Hovland's all about, both in his game and his demeanor, uh, nothing will. And as a rookie on this team, no less. So, yeah, going to be uh, going to be hard. In fact, I will not root against Vic Hovland. Uh, regardless of who he's going up against. So I, I love those pairings. I'd love to see all three of those. Uh, you know, Tommy, Tommy Ladd, uh, got it. He's going to be a little bit lost without the old, uh, Frank Frank Molinari. He ended up the handsome him. Molinari brother. They uh, they went a combined four and zero together in in match play at the last Ryder Cup. So I'm sure he's sad to to see uh, the uh, the Mollywood pairing uh, go into the to the to the oblivion. But I like that. I like that a lot. And, you know, I, I think coming back to Bryson, I would love for Bryson to just play singles and they sit his ass for all four of the four. I think, all I think four there's probably of the, a chance of that, right? There, if I, there's not a, I don't think there's an actual chance because okay. I don't think any captain wants to take that kind of heat of we're going to sit this guy. I think he'll probably play uh, in four ball I'd be shocked if they put him, yeah. paired him up no, with anybody. I don't, no in one would want to play shot. with him in all shot, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be very surprising. Unless somebody just comes out and says, "Look, don't care about what he's got going on personality wise. He hits it a ton. I can take advantage of that." Maybe if somebody on the team presses for it, I just can't imagine that Stricker would would go for that. So I bet he'll probably play both four ball matches and singles. But I would love it if they just set him uh, for all four of the team sessions, okay. uh, or at okay. least at least three of the four. Because uh, I just don't think he's he's good for the team vibe. We got rid of Patrick Reed on the squad, which is a complete cancer. Uh, we got to deal with Bryson, but hopefully he'll be few and far between. 
Okay, so speaking of Bryson, right? So a guy that you think that that maybe won't get as much run out uh, as maybe some of the the other guys. You know, maybe maybe we need to transition to, you know, what, what I would call maybe potential scapegoats, J. Till. So you know, th- this is a pressure packed event, right? And so there are guys that are made for this event and who come out and play really really well. And then there are other guys who who just can't really handle the heat. They can't handle the tremendous amount of pressure. You know, the crowd. We talked about all the crazy spectacle type stuff that goes into it. It just screws with some people. And, you know, and Brooks Kepka caught a lot of heat, you know, last week coming out saying, hey, look, I don't really care for the schedule, right? It throws you off your game. And, you know, Paul Azinger and a bunch of other, you know, old guys kind of piled on him for, you know, saying things like that, saying, well, get, leave your ass at home, right? So if you don't want to be there. And I, I don't I don't know if that's what Brooks was necessarily getting at. I mean, I think anything he says now is going to be lightning rod sure. potential. But for <clears throat> Team USA, I mean, it, it's, it's Brooks and Bryson are probably the most, you know, talked about from a potential scapegoat, but are those the two guys that you think potentially could wilt on, under the pressure? Yeah, you know, I uh, I don't. I don't think Brooks Kepka uh, wilts under any kind of pressure. Uh, now, He's a bulldog, I, I man. I will say I did not do uh, my in-depth research to know what Brooks's Ryder Cup record is. I think he's 4-3-1. and one. I want to say I think he has a winning record, winning just record slightly in the yeah. Ryder Cup. So I would absolutely not expect Brooks, despite all of that, to to come out and, and be one of the guys that uh, you kind of hang um, the wreath around that didn't get it done. Right? I I think on the U.S. squad, if I were going to point to somebody who I, I really don't think has a great week, uh, again, I, I have a hard time doing it because I just think that. You know, top to bottom, they're they're so great. So it's going to be matchup based. You know, who are they going to score yeah, off absolutely. against? Uh, has a lot to do with it. And in match play, the beauty part about match play is that you can play great and lose. You can play poorly and win. Right. So it's it's uh, the the records don't always reflect the play. Absolutely right. That said, um, I really think that uh, Harris English. I think that. You know, he is going to be interesting on who you match him up with. I, I could see him, uh, again, as a rookie, as a captain's pick rookie on this team. I, I really think he's going to kind of kind of run out of gas, and I don't see Harris English playing the best, and I just hope that it doesn't come back to haunt us because uh, when you kind of look at these 12 folks uh, and you take maybe Bryson off the table because I just truly don't think he's going to play as much, um, that means you've got to put somebody like Harris English more in a prominent role. And so I see Harris struggling a little bit more. Don't see Brooks wilting. Uh, I think that uh, the other 10 guys, again, you take Bryson out of that. Um, just I just don't see any reason that they don't don't play well. So I think kicking it back to you on Team Europe, who, who do you see on Team Europe that you're kind of honing in on as, man, I just don't see them having a great week, and I see that uh, – they have a have a poor record uh, when it comes Sunday evening. No, it's a good question. You know, I mean, I think one of the obvious names that that you would probably point to would be Bern Viesberger. You know, just about the fact that he's a rookie, right? He's new to this. You know, he he did earn his spot. You know, on to uh, the 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 European team, but you know that would be a name that would jump out to me just from a first timer standpoint. You know, Lee Westwood getting up there in age, right? So, but he had a he had a really good year year before last, right? So, I think he was a what PGA or European Tour Player of the Year, I think, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so he's not that far removed from playing really well. Uh, you know, you, you look at a guy like Tyrrell Hatton, right? So, and, and you think about you know the emotions and, and how that can that you can feed off of it or it can yeah, consume which you. Which way in this will event, that right? lead? And you right? know, yeah. if he if he hits a bad if he hits a bad shot, the Americans, the fans are going to know that that's his temperament, and they're going to wear his ass out, you know, much like they used to do Sergio, uh, much like they used to do Colin Montgomery, right? He's got one of those uh, attitudes, if you will, that they know he could be susceptible to it. And so I think that's that's three guys that you have to look at there as potentially, you know, maybe maybe you know one guy maybe getting a little too old, maybe one guy's a little too young, and then the other guy maybe too temperamental, I think. Yeah, it's probably well, well assessed when you're trying to figure out who, who's not going to have a great week. And then you get down to the captain's picks, right? And the how do you protect those guys, right? How do you shield those guys from the potential, you know, bad things that might happen, but then also, you know, give them give them some confidence to be able to go out and play, right? So you just have them in, you know, one of the uh, the, the best ball 
uh, or, or, you know, your foursomes, you know, set up and, and maybe shield them from some of the other stuff. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, right? So that's why uh, Stricker and, uh, and Padraig, I would say, get paid the big bucks, but I don't think anybody gets paid for this, do they? I think not this much. is kind of like one of those honor things, not right? Much. So, yeah, there's yeah. not really any money involved here. So. Well, okay, flip the script then. I mean, I, you know, we don't want to all be negative here. Let's talk about who's going to play well. Who's yeah, gonna, this is more fun. This at more the fun. end of the week, who, who is your top uh, top point earner? And let's let's flip it, right? Let's say I'm going to let you say you look at the U.S. squad and you got to get a little praise. Oh, okay, okay. Got to give a little praise uh, across uh, the aisle, if you will. Uh, to your adversary in Team USA, when you look at that squad, who do you see as there's no doubt in your mind that they're going to have a great week and if not be um, uh, the bet, uh, excuse me, be the top pointer for the American side? Um, man, it's hard for me to not pick Jordan Spieth just because I like the guy so much. So, but I'm not going to pick him, and I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley. You know, you think about you know playing in the Olympics, winning the gold medal. Uh, a guy that we've talked about being on the cusp of winning a major championship now for the last few years. He's, he's always in contention, right? It's a top 10, top five, whatever it may be. I, I think that he's a guy that might look the look at this event as a springboard into a huge 2022 for him. And so I think he'll use that platform well. And he's got the mentality, right? So he's got he's, he's got the pedigree, right? So what, his dad was an Olympic athlete and all. I, I think that he, he's got the mentality to play really, really well and, uh, and I'm going to go with him as being a, a standout for the Americans this weekend. Well, you, uh, you're not going to get any argument from me. I think Xander uh, totally gets it, totally bought in, and has the game to match. Um, you know, on the European side, in terms of trying to hone in on who's going to play the best, um, and like I said earlier, even if they don't play the best, just have what it takes to, to scratch out matches uh, they're a great teammate, obviously important, uh, because, you know, when you think about, um, you know, and potentially five matches that you play in, if they if Captain right. sends you out for all five, you know, four of those are with uh, a teammate. So somebody who I think is very easy to pair folks with uh, and has the talent, uh, Rory McIlroy. I think Rory has the best week okay. this week. I think that he's had so much strife when it comes to not getting it done in the championships that he holds most dear. I think that being in that Ryder Cup setting, uh, being kind of an us-against-the-world sort of deal, he will thrive on that. He's easy to pair with, so I think you're going to see him paired with uh, – uh, a couple different folks that are that are really going to be good teammates. So I, I, I think Rory has the best week, and uh, at the end he kind of is able to hang his hat on a disappointing 2021 season, um, can cap it off with a great Ryder Cup, uh, even if I maybe think that he's going to be on the uh, losing side. Yep, no, no arguments here. I think he's matured to the point to where he's ready for this, and uh, you talk about a guy that might have a, a big 2022. I, I think he could be primed for that as well. So good pick there. I, I would expect him to play – Really, really well. Probably win the FedEx um, Cup, you know, no yeah, majors. But. Yeah, well, it's fifteen million, so yeah, it's nothing, nothing to sneeze at. So, uh, predictions, right? So, I mean, we're we're getting up close to the hour mark here, J. Till. So, do we want to dive into it, right? So, you, you alluded to it earlier. Uh, Europeans have won nine out of the last twelve Ryder Cups. They only need to tie, right? Fourteen points is all they need to retain the cup. But uh, how do you see this? unfolding and maybe maybe let's start with friday right friday afternoon is going to be a big day for us right we're going to be out of chalk we're going to be doing the uh, the big Ryder cup event giving away prizes having some drinks yeah, uh, having a I, good time how, how do you see it you know who gets out of the gates faster I would yeah say. well again i it's it's pretty easy for me um i think it would be in a situation where frankly i would I personally think the U.S. is gonna is gonna win this thing and win fairly handily and wow, so because okay. of that I uh, normally would say it's a little bit hard to know in each session who's going to come out ahead because you don't know the matchups. Um, yet, I think, given the fact that the talent level and the talent discrepancy is so wide, Friday afternoon, the uh, the U.S. gets off to a, to a solid start. Uh, I think that I could see Friday kind of uh, morning being kind of a 3-1 situation. Uh, I could see them maybe um, tying the the four ball matches in the afternoon, and uh, you kind of like come out of the first day in sort of a five three situation. And and frankly, all the U.S. needs to do on Saturday, um, excuse me, Friday and Saturday, is just get to Sunday tied, 
Have it close. Yeah. And where the butter is going to go on the bread is in singles. When I when I look down the European roster, I see three guys that I would say, regardless of who they're matched up against, I would give a chance to win. Roy McElroy, Victor Hovland, and John Rahm. Other than those three guys, I don't see anybody matching up against any of the 12 U.S. guys and being given uh, a fighting chance. Now, in match play, it never goes that way. I'm certainly not saying it's going to be a 9-3 situation on Sunday, but I, I do think that out of those 12 singles matches, would be absolutely shocked if it was an 8-4 at at worst or best, depending on your look. So if, if you figure out of out of the 14 and a half for the estates that you need, you're going to get, in my opinion, eight of those points in singles. Very easy to pick up six and a half points over the first two days when there's 16 points available. So I have the U.S. winning this thing and winning it fairly handily in a 17 to 11 situation wow. i think it's going to be uh that's a butt kicking for I, I i think that there's only you can only go so many matches so many years where you decidedly have the talent advantage and that not show out and i think it's going to show out in a big way at whistling straits a big ballpark that's going to be set up for the u.s i'm all in on the talent advantage uh maybe a different story when we roll over uh to italy for the 20 uh what will be the 2023 edition but uh, United States, Uncle Sam, America, uh, we are going to bring the cup back to where it belongs on the good old U.S. of A, 17 to 11 for the U.S. So fast forward to Sunday afternoon, and here's Steve Stricker. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a, just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, Steve, not quite as hairy as he used to be. So he's, he's not. He's, he's got, not. A little he's got thin some, up top, but uh, yeah, I, I think mean, I think he coming was, from a bald you know, man, figuratively, I think is what yeah. he was saying. Yeah. There, no, I, I I agree. So that's a a bold prediction, my friend. Now, seventeen you, to eleven. Even though you are fully the captain of uh, our local team Euro, you know that doesn't mean that uh, you have to pick that way. Give us your assessment of how you think things are going to roll out when it comes. Uh, Tea time on uh, seven o'clock on Friday morning. No, I I appreciate that, and uh, I, I'm with you in the sense that I, I think you assessed it correctly. That if the Americans have a lead or it's even going into Sunday, I think I think the Euros are in trouble. Uh, but having said that, you think back to the past few years or the last fifteen years, give or take. Right. They've gotten off to such hot starts, Jay Till, and, and I think it's imperative the that the yeah. Euro, yeah, the Euros, is that they lead after Friday and they lead after Saturday, and so I expect them to come out hot because I think they know they have to win the team competitions because I think man for man on Sunday, and what happens is that that allow if they if they have a lead going into Sunday, now you can play with a little less less pressure, right, and all the pressure gets shifted back onto the U.S. And we've seen them, you know, not be able to kind of close despite having, uh, you know, not 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 necessarily huge, but a considerable talent gap over the last ten years. And so I, I think it's it's imperative for the Euros to get off to a hot start. They have to lead Friday afternoon when it's all said and done, and I think they need a lead Saturday afternoon going into singles play. And I think they'll have it. Uh, I I I've got this. I think it's I think it's going to be fifteen thirteen euros. So I I don't I don't think Close. they just get a tie and hold on to it. I, I think they win this thing outright because I think they're going to they're going to accumulate enough points on Friday and Saturday to where the U.S. will probably win seven five or maybe eight four. But it may not be enough when it's all said and done because I think the euros get off to a hot start, and I think they hold on to the cup, man. Well, I, yeah, I, I think if the U.S. wins eight. <clears throat> eight four on on Sunday that I'd be shocked if the Euros had that big a lead, but I think your point is well taken that the European squad outside of twenty sixteen has gotten off to the better starts. Um, took a miraculous comeback in twenty twelve for the Euros to win, but that was kind of built on um, you know a little bit of a Saturday charge. Um, the, I think the bottom line for me, and, and I'll leave you with this stat. Average world ranking for the European team, 30.8. Average world ranking 
for the Americans, which includes eight of the ten best players in the world, is an 8.9. Best since 1986 when the world rankings started. I think that while I can understand where you're coming from, I just think the talent gap is too big and the intangibles will not be enough to make it up for Team Euro. Uh, But I'm excited to see how it'll play out because this is a familiar feeling. This is a familiar feeling going into Ryder Cup week where the U.S. is just too good. We are just too good. To our man, uh, Steve Stricker's point, big, hairy American winning machines, Mm. and it has not panned out that way. Will this be the year where the talent advantage rings true as it should God, can't wait to get to Friday to find out, and certainly Sunday afternoon. Yep, absolutely. Looking forward to it, my friend. Now, before we before we part ways here, or at least get into some plugs and, and kind of wrap things up here, throw some odds out here, right? So you, USA, big favorite, right? Minus 175, minus 180, depending upon your book. Europe, almost a two-to-one underdog here. So plus 195, again, give or take, you get a few points and, here and, and there since, on your uh, book. Again, yeah. not, not so much for, for me, but for our listeners, uh, on these odds, right? You yep, say yep. the U.S., kind of big favorites at minus 175. Talk us through that briefly. So when we say, obviously, we get we got to lay 100, you know, to win 175. But how does that, why is that a big, uh, why are they heavy favorites? Right? Well, I would say that it's a big disparity because there's really only two outcomes, right? So it's sure. like, Team USA is going to win or, or Team Euro is going to win. And so it's, you know, they roughly, the odds makers are given, you know, a two-to-one chance. Right, so it's kind of right. how they've assessed it at this point. Now, you, you have the draw in there if you want to bet that from just a weird anomaly. Like that's like betting on double zero when you play the roulette wheel, right? Okay, like, eh, you, I don't know, if so you're there weird. Is, you can there bet there are that, odds right? so, yeah. for that to end in a 14-14 yeah. yeah. tie, plus eleven hundred there, so eleven to one, right? Eleven so for to the one. So that, that's a so. bet much better payout because it's so much more unlikely to yeah. happen. Absolutely, there. absolutely. So and, and you got you know top top points getters, right? So we we threw out who uh, we thought from the relative opposing teams. Might be the top uh, point sure, getters sure, who sure. we think is going to be standouts, but uh, you see some of those odds that are up there now. Again, no shock that John Rahm and Roy McElroy are the two favorites for Team Euro at plus three eighty. So and we plus actually did that a little so. blind. So and, yeah, we did. And, yeah, and yeah. frankly, I've already forgotten who I said. Uh, I said Rory would have you the liked best Rory. Odds, so second the best odds. Yeah. He had the most points. Okay, so the the odds would, good would support yeah. me that he is. Uh, plus 500 to have the highest point total. Yep. And then looking down at the Americans. Same way. I picked wow, Xander Shoffley. Pick, He's plus 300. Shoffley. He's, He's plus a 300. second favorite behind Jordan have, Spieth. Interesting yeah. that they have Spieth. I wonder if that has to do with knowing, because for all the Americans that are on this squad, I would say Spieth, this golf course fits him the worst. Maybe maybe Berger's right there with him. Uh, but Berger's just a gamer. I wonder if the odds on, uh, or excuse me, the thinking on the odds is that he is going to be paired with Justin Thomas, which this comfortable pairing. Yep, yep, very comfortable pairing. JT picks him up when needed. JT fits this course well. Spieth can roll the putter. Maybe that's why I'm surprised, honestly, to see uh, to see Jordo at the top of the odds on. Um, on point totals. Well, and from a betting standpoint, or even from a daily fantasy standpoint, you know, you got to factor the format into the strategy, my friend. And so our good friends, Scooter Gerse and 2G Chad Ford, right? So YSO Dirty Birdies, you'd think that, well, it's Ryder Cup. It's going to be a weird format. We're not going to do Dirty Birdies this week. You, you would be wrong. You would be wrong. So don't count out Scooter Gerse. Don't count out Chad Ford. So they'll be coming at you tomorrow with their podcast, highlighting how you can do daily fantasy sports for Ryder Cup this week. And again, it's a fun format. It's an interesting format. Again, really based upon point earners, right? So who's going to be the top point earners? Salary cap kind of factors all that in. You get to choose a captain. You get one and a half times uh, the, uh, the the scoring, if you will, for your captain. So a lot of strategy going into this event because the format is so different. But to be sure to listen to the, the we call it sister pod, nephew pod. What do you call it? What's the familiar relationship? Are we in Arkansas? What I, What's... What's we'd going have, on? We'd here? have to ask uh, Nolo about okay. that. Okay, right. uh, fair enough. So, uh, but I, I, Nolo's I, probably I, feeling pretty good right now. His hogs are looking pretty good. So, I don't hogs know, are he's, looking he's, good. He's a little, little puffed out right now, but uh, so. no big deal. We didn't do a fairway file segment, so I'll just say Matt Nolan and I absolutely took a couple guys to the house that will remain unnameless. Unnameless? Unnamed? Nameless. Nameless. I think nameless. Unnamed. Yeah. Uh, regardless, it was a bloodbath, and so yeah, Nolo's feeling pretty good about life right now. That said, 
Tune in to Dirty Birdies. Figure out who me and Keith. Now, we may have held a little something back from you here because we like to make sure that uh, the folks who like to lay a couple shekels on things are fully informed. So skip over to Dirty Birdies for everything and anything related to DFS golf and the Ryder Cup. Yeah, good stuff here, my friend. So we're up over an hour, J. Till. It's a big week, man. So we got to get a huge, get a good night's rest, right? So what we got? Three sleeps, four sleeps until the Ryder Cup, right? So uh, it depends on track, how you so. count them. But I, I, I wish we could just fast forward to Friday because it's right. going to be awesome. Well, we're going to be tweeting out and and sending out a lot of info about what we're going to be doing on Friday afternoon at Chalk, my friend. So throw that plug out there, right? How can we follow you on Twitter? Absolutely. At YSO Golf on Twitter. It will be a fast and furious week uh, when it comes to the Ryder Cup. Always some fun takes with Team Golf. Probably not as heavy over on Instagram with the pretty pictures. But uh, scroll back through a few things. Get yourself excited for fall golf. Obviously, we have the congregation. Huge event. Uh, Two weekends from now, that would be October 1st through the 3rd, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, If you're listening to the Ryder Cup preview uh, next week, then you're way behind. But um, we got it all right. Jonathan W. Teal, a lot of pretty pictures coming at you from Boiling Springs here in a couple weeks. Uh, follow me. Love interacting with folks out on social media. Yeah, can't wait for next week as well. So we've got the Kong, the preview coming up, all kinds of fun stuff coming up here for fall golf season. So for us here at the Sports Pros Network, you can check us out at fantasysportspros.com or you can follow us on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that is pros with an E, ladies and gentlemen, P-R-O-S-E. Well, we will wrap it up here. Again, come out and see us Friday afternoon, September 24th at Chalk, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Going to be having a good time there on the west end of Chalk. Going to have it all blocked off for us. TV's uh, all over the place, right? Not a bad seat in the house. Plenty to drink. Plenty of fun to be had, and we'll be giving away a lot of swag and prizes as well, so come out and see us. So, But in the meantime, before Friday afternoon, as always... The weather is turning. Oh, fall weather. It's going to be nice and cool. Going to have a north wind, so the course is going to play different this week, Jay Till. Which means folks should do what, Keith? They should get out there and enjoy the walk. (laughs) 